The new year is around the corner, so it's a time to look ahead, but also look back and to remember some of the Miami Heat from 2023. We'll be hosting the first annual Cookies Awards, dozens of unique categories about your favorite team. It's the Cookie Awards, all the drama of the Oscars and none of the fashion sense, a special episode to ring in 2024 from the one and only Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, NBA media member and editor at allyoucaneat.com. And joining me as always, it's longtime NBA reporter and the host, co-host of the first annual Cookies Awards, it's David Ramil. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use all lowercase the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome to the first ever annual Cookies Awards. We're going to be handing out some year end awards for 2023, including most improved, best spoism. Biggest Hater, and more. We also have an In Memoriam that we want to get to later on. But let's start with the big award, David. Best Individual Performance. Let's go to the nominations. So here, Jimmy Butler's Game 5 masterpiece against the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Bam Adebayo in the seventh game of this season against the Lakers a triple double against them to get the kick to get the season started basically and then Jimmy Butler's game 4% performance against the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of last year's playoffs. So those are our three uh, uh nominations there. I want to start with Bam's triple double against the Lakers because I think maybe that's the one that's so more easily forgotten other than the two Jimmy Butler classics, but again, seventh game of the season, Heat hosting LeBron James, Anthony Davis and the Lakers. It's a fascinating matchup. Two teams that uh, were are are were and are considered finals contenders. The Heat obviously coming off of the 2023 finals, um, not making a whole lot of changes during the summer, despite what many people expected. And then the Lakers finishing the season strong and then coming into the year also as uh, title contenders. LeBron versus Jimmy, Austin Reeves versus Tyler Hero, Bam versus Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler and LeBron James basically play each other to a draw. Butler uh, scores 28 points. LeBron has 30. Uh, same for Reeves and Hero. Reeves has 23 points. Hero has 22 points. So what tilted the game in Miami's favor in a one-point win was Bam thoroughly outplaying Anthony Davis. He dominated with 22 points, 19 rebounds, and 10 assists, a triple-double, while Anthony Davis had just nine points and six rebounds. To put that into even greater context, David, Bam basically outscored Davis's whole game total in the first quarter. He set the tone with nine points, five assists, and four rebounds in the opening quarter sending a message that he is among the top centers in the NBA, and he's basically held on to that for the duration of the season despite a little hip injury glitch that sidelined him. So uh, that was a huge game. I don't know how much more I need to go into detail to describe Jimmy in Game 5 or in Game 4, but Game 4 uh, or Game 5 was the 42 points against uh, uh, Giannis. I'm sorry, um, yeah, Giannis had 38 points and 20 rebounds to basically try to keep the Milwaukee Bucks alive in the playoffs, but Jimmy Butler outdueled him, 42 points on 51.5% shooting. But Game 4 was the 56-point masterpiece that we all will remember, the highest-scoring game in Miami Heat playoff history. 
So, David, what do you think? Who wins this? Out of those three nominations, what was the best individual performance for a Miami Heat player in the year of 2023? Bam's game was great, uh, but let's not overthink this. This is like an indie actor coming in there with a strong performance that everybody kind of generates some buzz. You know, he plays like some weird biopic or something, and all of a sudden everybody's really excited about that. But this is Marlon Brando in his prime. This is, you know, the, the best actors of our generation, Robert De Niro coming in there with Godfather 2, and everybody kind of going, what the hell was that? I don't even know what this is. This is the 56 performance. It's game four, Jimmy Butler, all the way. There's no way around it. Like, that is a monster performance of which I don't think we'll stop talking about throughout the rest of our lives because it was just that incredible performance, something we haven't seen in a heat uniform from since the big three era. And, and so I think it's yes. totally deserving of the award. The first Cookies the award goes to Jimmy Butler's game four performance. Absolutely. It was his it was his masterpiece, right? That was his Godfather too. That was his uh I don't know, uh whatever other masterpiece movie. Great movie. Yeah. What other other great movie? That's 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 the Jimmy Butler great movie. Uh all right. Let's move on then to best indiv or I'm sorry, best team performance Ooh. for the Miami Heat in 2023. Here are our nominations. Game two against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Game seven against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then game two against the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. So background here. Let's start with game two against the Celtics. We're going to just go in chronological order here. In Boston, the Heat go into that game two, up 1-0. They win that game 111-105. to 105. Jimmy scores 27. Bam scores 22. 17 rebounds and 9 assists. Jason Tatum had 34 points, but no other Celtics scored more than 16. Miami dominated that game. From start to finish, the defense was strong. They got the enough offensive contributions from across the board. When you talk about Jimmy kind of carrying the team into wins against the Bucks with 56 points here and 42 points there, that was not the case in the Eastern mm. Conference Finals, right? It was very much a team effort why Miami was able to go up 3-0, then lose the 0-3 lead, and then end up winning Game 7. So let's go to Game 7. The Heat obviously blew that 3-0 lead. They lose the next three. Uh Bitter ending, game six at the end. Derek White with the tip in. Uh, you and I you were, were there. there. That was that was tough, man. Uh, but they come out in game seven, and it could have went either way, right? They, that could have just taken the wind out of their sails, heartbreak too strong to get over, and instead they bounce back. They say, we're not even going to let this get to the very end. They blow out the Celtics 103-84. to Tatum injured his ankle in the first quarter early in the game. Oh, Jason Austin Tatum's Celtics ankle. Oh. Hold on to that forever. But it doesn't. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Jimmy Butler, 28 points. Also on a bum ankle for two rounds at that point. No, no, no. Jason Tatum. Forget that. Oh, poor Jason. But uh, Jason Tatum's like the uh, the the who's the one that played Anakin in the new Star Wars? What's his name? Hayden Christensen. Yeah, Hayden Christensen. He's like the Hayden Christensen of the Easter Conference Finals here. J uh, that's not a compliment, by the way. If that got lost, if that got lost on some people. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Caleb Martin, and this was an honorable mention. Might have even gotten snubbed for best individual performance as a nomination. Caleb Martin, 26 points on 11 of 16 shooting and 10 rebounds. Duncan Robinson chipped in 10 points off the bench. Max and Gabe made four three-pointers combined. Bam, great defense for him. 12 points, 10 rebounds, and seven assists. Just a thorough beatdown by the Heat in Game 7 of the Celtics to take care of business and get to the NBA Finals which in the NBA Finals, we all remember that the Heat lost to the Nuggets 
in five games. But let's also not forget, David, that they lost game one in Denver, but then came mm. back in game two in Denver and beat the Nuggets 111 to 108 to tie the series. And then obviously they steal home court and the series is going to go back to Miami. And it was enough to get a lot of people to ask the question. Yes. Have we underestimated the Heat this long, even to the point where they got to the NBA Finals at an eighth seed? And did we underestimate them too much in this series against the Nuggets? They forced Nikola Jokic into scoring 41 points. And I and we all remember this was the iconic uh, uh, Eric Spolstra reply to a question from a reporter about turning Jokic into a scorer versus a passer. And he said the untrained yeah. eye. Put a pin in that. We're going to get to that kind of stuff later. But... He scored 41 points, but he had just four assists and five turnovers in the game. Bam Adebayo and the rest of Miami's defense made him look human. The Nuggets did shoot 39% from three, but the Heat made 48.6% of their three-pointers. Jimmy Butler, 21 points and nine assists. Bam, 21 points and nine rebounds. Gabe Vincent, huge game for him, 23 points. Uh, Well-rounded Heat effort that gave them momentarily, David, the upper hand in the series. So of our three nominations... Where do you want to? Where do you think we got to go with this award, the second annual Cookie Award? To me, it's really a two-man race here, and I think I kind of equated to like a really big summer blockbuster, but that also has some like great significance, individual performances, and everything else. Because like nothing, I think, is as delicious for Heat fans as a fine cocktail made of Celtics fans' tears. And game seven was the capper on that because there was so much writing on it. And because you're kind of sweating it out. Like you go up 3-0 and you're like, okay, we can lose game five. It's Or we can lose game four. It's cool. Game five happens and you're like, that sucked. But we can kind of deal with it. We can ride that one out. And then right. game six happens and we're like, oh, okay. All right. Thanks <laughs> Maybe a lot. Start worrying you guys about are cutting this. it too close. Now, now, <laughs> now, you're, now you're messing with my livelihood here. Don't do this to me. And then game seven happens. Yeah, put Jason Adam, Jason Tatum with his little twisted ankle. And aside from that, notwithstanding, it was so wonderful to see the camera panning to pasty white faces all across the garden with little tears running down their little their little leprechaun cheeks. And it was wonderful. I mean, that was exact. It was perfect. It was like the every MCU movie tied into one, and just like the wonderful. But but to me. Like game two is more like an art house flick, just like an A24 kind of great movie. <laughs> it's like one for the ages, you know. It's just like a really, really great story because, again, it's the capper. It's like it, it's the perfect Hollywood ending here because you're going into Denver, an impossible place for almost any team, but certainly one for Miami, who's had such a hard time winning against the yeah. Nuggets in recent history and to go there with that Denver crowd and the unstoppable juggernaut of Nikola Jokic and then to be able to win game two and to have some legitimate kind of questioning about does Miami have a realistic chance of being a championship of winning a championship after that game I remember having an interview with Gary Payton and he's like well why can't Miami win like he was all aboard the Miami train following that game too because he really thought Miami had a yeah. chance like everybody else had kind of dismissed Miami, but that game two just really kind of legitimized what this team and that postseason run had done. So I got to go with game two just because. Wow. Yeah, I got to go. I'm with surprised. Game I, I you love laid out such a great case. You, la you laid out such a great case for game seven, man. And look, I think I'm with you. Like if you're just judging this, what's the best team performance? I don't think that there's any doubt that the Heat played better. 
and a more impressive game in game two in the NBA Finals to beat the Nuggets, considering the Nuggets whipped everybody's behind in the NBA, in the Western Conference, right? And right. so you talk to Denver fans, and you know I do the I do the national show every week with Adam Matas, who does obviously the show for Locked On Nuggets, and he's like, yeah, that was that was the hardest series that they played, despite what people say about that Lakers series and even the Timberwolves series. He might he might have actually put the Timberwolves series a little bit ahead of that, me, so. but I think that's a little bit more surprising. But still, I think the respect that everybody gave the Heat after that was like, okay, wow, they just did something that nobody else has really done, which is beat this juggernaut Nuggets team. And the best player in the world at the time, and right now, obviously, too, in Nikola Jokic in Denver. You don't do that. The Heat did that. So I'm with you. I'm let's go. Game two, NBA Finals, getting the award here. Best overall team performance. But who has the best signature move on the team? And who's the best interview? That's coming up next here as we continue the first annual Cookie Awards. Today's episode of Locked on Heat, today's special episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week, Dante Exum. Man, what a career he's had. Like, he's had such a resurgence with the Dallas Mavericks this season. But, of course, he's just been on a number of teams. Never quite from Utah, Cleveland for a little run there. Injuries just bogged him down. But he's had such a nice run uh, contributing to that Dallas season there. And I think he's a nice pickup there. But of him, Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Hartenstein, Jalen Johnson is making a comeback. And Torian Prince, is there a name there that really stands out to you? Because to me, I think it's Hartenstein who's been putting up some good numbers yep. fitting in for Mitchell Robinson. But I don't know if you if, if you agree there, if, if there's anybody else that really I, I talked about Jalen Johnson earlier in the week. He's just a great player for the Hawks. Might be arguably their second best player so far this season. If he's coming back, definitely grab him. But Hartenstein's also a great option because he's just going to get minutes throughout the rest of the season. So that's a good one. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can't go wrong there. Thanks to Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. He's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Everybody loves taking care of their car. Just today, me and my son washed our car, and it's just it's a great experience. You, you can see, even as a five-year-old, and maybe he's unique in that sense, the, the, the care and attention he puts into just wanting to take care of a car you know, it, it might not, it might be an inanimate object, but to him, it's like a family pet or something. Like you want to just take care of it. And the reason you do that is because it takes you everywhere. It goes around with you. It takes you from point A to point B. It takes you to work. It takes you to special functions, weddings, moments that last a lifetime. You make memories in your car. And so you want to take care of it. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available for U.S. customers and eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Welcome back to the first annual Locked on Heat Cookies Awards. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app let's get to the nominations for best passer on the team we've got four nominations in this one david we've got bam Adebayo, 
Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, and Duncan Robinson sneaking in here at the very end. Uh, what do you think for best passer? You know, there's a lot of good options here. I think Bam's got like a, a there's a lot of passes there. Uh, and he, of course, as the initiator of the offense, the hub through which everything runs, he certainly has a larger body of work to kind of gauge from over the course of the season. Obviously, Duncan, his resurgence in the playoffs and what we've seen from him this season has been phenomenal. Kyle, still steady, probably throws the best lob passes on this team, which isn't saying much yep. because there aren't a lot of other good options, but he's still a steady playmaker for others. He still makes the right pass. He makes the right cut. He looks ahead to try to initiate fast break opportunities. But I got to go, and maybe this is more of a lifetime achievement award, but I don't think <laughs> anything gets heat offenses going as much as Kevin loves outlet passing and the fact that he's always looking ahead for his limited playing time and a limited number of games that he's played with Miami. It seems like it just initiates not just more of an offense, but just kind of jumpstarts heat and enjoyment, like watching this team play. They just play better. And we're seeing it this season too. Like him and Jimmy, that pairing has been so it's worked so well. So to me, I think Kevin yep. love is the best passer on the heat. The highest highs are with Kevin Love. Those outlet passes, when he grabs that rebound, turns around, looks up the floor, and he sees a streaking Jimmy Butler or a Caleb Martin or a Jaime Hakas Jr. flying down the court, and he's able to throw it to him like Patrick Mahomes, and they're able to catch it and finish it at, at the basket. Like Those are the highest highs. Those are the, the, the most steeliest of the points, right? When you talk about just stealing points and being opportunistic, those are the ones that he just turns uh, nothing into something. And so right. the winner of Best Passer of our first annual Cookies Awards is... Congratulations is to Kevin like, Love. Is this, is this like a technical award? Like one of those kind of things that they put like a 30-second montage? Best lighting, yeah. you know? It's like, oh. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the next one. Best Signature Move on the Miami Heat. We've got Ooh. six nomination uh, nominations here. Best Signature Move. Field. We've got a hit. Well, it, it's a uh, it's it's a very accomplished field. We've got the turnaround push shot of Jimmy Butler. We've got Kevin Love's aforementioned outlet pass. We've got uh, Duncan Robinson shooting off the dribble handoff. We've got Bam Adebayo's foul line jumper. We've got Tyler Hero's pull up thirty footers, and then we've got Kyle Lowry using his butt, whether it's screening, rebounding, or anything otherwise basketball Whoa. related or basketball <laughs> adjacent. Let's let's put that caveat in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a, speaking of wide field, right? Wow. Anyway, oh, that was it was too easy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of a lot of good options there. The outlet pass. I don't know. You know, you're kind of springing these on me. I haven't really seen these on right, nominees before. I'm going to narrow these down to two. Then for I think you. it's got to be between. Yeah, for me, I'm going to narrow it down to the Jimmy Butler turnaround push shot because he hits it. There's other guys in the league that do that turnaround jumper, right? Like Kawhi has it, but Kawhi has it in a very like Kobe Bryant way. LeBron will still hit it in that sort of turnaround fadeaway. He loves it on the baseline. Um, that's sort of the LeBron patented shot. Jimmy Butler, he burrows his way into the paint. He gets a little bit closer than LeBron and Kawhi do on their turnaround jumpers. And then he just sort of he, he uses his elbows and his hips, and he kind of just gets to where he wants to go. And he turns around, and he kind of uh, on a wide base and just, and just kind of pushes that shot up there to the basket. And it to me, that it's very much a signature move. But I think I got to go with Bam Adebayo on that foul line jumper just because it's a little bit newer and maybe he's getting a little bit of an extra push because of that, kind of like a, 
oh, I didn't know Emma Stone could do that kind of thing, right? Like I didn't I didn't see that kind of performance out of her. You know, like it's it's that's sort of the Bam out of bio thing where he's got that foul line jumper going and it was a big thing last year, and then even the sequel this year has been even better, right? And so uh it's he's hitting at it like a 50% clip at this point. I think it's such a weapon, it's a consistent weapon that he gets to four or five times a game. I think Jimmy gets to that maybe twice a game, that turnaround jumper with that push shot, that specific look that he gets. He obviously gets to it more in the playoffs, but I think for the uh, the consistency with which Bam Adebayo gets that foul line jumper, I think I'm going there for this award. I don't know. It's a toss-up. I, I think uh, to me, I'm going actually, I'm, I'm going to go with Jimmy. I just, I, the fact that, that I see it, Within the context of the game, it always feels like it's a more demoralizing thing. That Bam, mm. as you mentioned, getting that shot more frequently, but it almost feels like, you know, not a letdown by any stretch, but it almost feels like that's easy offense for him, and so that's always more difficult for Jimmy to go into the teeth of the defense and to get that shot off. And the fact that now we're seeing Hyman duplicate that same shot, it's kind of like Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio being in the same movie and watching two <laughs> greats from different generations going at it here. Kind of a mentorship here. They got that Martin Scorsese. That's Eric Spolster with like dark horn glasses in the corner there. I could really see that pairing. Uh, I, I don't know. To me, I got to go with Jimmy Butler in the push. Wow. I just think it's more of a Bam, yeah. just he can He just keeps getting snubbed for awards, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's the Leo. That's right. He's the he's the DiCaprio of our generation. One day he'll do some movie where he has to stand in a forest uh, and and finally win an award. But um, eat a bear or whatever. uh, All right, all right. If you're gonna go with Jimmy, I'm gonna let you break the tie. Jimmy Butler signature move. Congratulations. Show up. He doesn't even show up. Bam goes there and he has to go in there and accept the award on his behalf. He's like, oh man, I I wish this was mine. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, who's already got two awards in the first Jimmy annual Butler. cookies, I think there might be another one coming up. For makeup and hairstyling, we have Dreadhead Jimbo, Emo Jimmy Butler, and Philly fan Kyle Lowry. Uh, I know I can hear a lot of people saying, hey, Dreadhead Jimbo, that doesn't count. That was two years ago. Hey, you know what? I hear that, and I understand it. Technically, you're right, but also, this is our show, and we don't care. He's in the, He's nominated. I don't care. I also, just looking for loopholes, I wrote the uh, Dreadhead Jimbo story for The Ringer in 2023, and so we're going to use that as a version. That's like when uh, when a song comes out like two years ago, but it's somehow nominated for a Grammy like two years from then, and they're like, well, we came yeah. out with like a single version of it in that year. They so do, that, like, they do okay. that with movies, too. They, 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 they reschedule it at a different time. It was like a limited release. But maybe the fact that a wider national audience saw it during the NBA Finals or something like that, and everybody goes, "Oh, okay, well, that, yeah, that's kind of like a different version of it. It's still there, but it's 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 makes the cut." The Academy, you and me, of course, we kind of yeah. accept it, and we go, "Yeah, no, it's certainly certainly an option for this year." I, I look, I gotta go. You know, Kyle Lowry. That that's uh, you know, just recently he he did the same thing yep. after the Christmas Day game. Obviously, a big Eagles fan from Philadelphia, but you know what? The fact that the Dolphins are making their run. The Dolphins lost to the Eagles earlier this season. He's not getting any nominations. No, he's getting booed like, off the stage right now. It's between Dreadhead yeah. Jimbo and Emo Jimmy. And I think, to me, the hair for Dreadhead Jimbo was so work-intensive that you I don't know. It. Yeah, it was it, – to me, I think that we need to we need to factor in the fact that he basically sat there for eight hours and got that done just to take it off a few days later. Uh, but the emo Jimmy, if you're talking about hair and makeup, because that's what this category is, 
Yes, he sir. had the uh, the fake earrings and the eyebrows and the nose uh, piercing, the, the mascara, yeah. the nose piercing, the lip piercing, uh, and of course the hair. Yeah. Uh, and so, if you wanted to go emo Jimmy, I would understand that. But I'm kind of split, and I'm going to let you break the tie here because again, <laughs> I, the other thing too is, with Jimmy, with the he, he shaved the goatee, he looks like a different person in that photo. He really does. Where emo Jimmy just sort of looks like a Halloween costume. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, it's a tough one because, again, this is like a great action role perhaps or, or something, you know, a, a little bit more mainstream. But then he's going with his dark, brooding persona. Like this was a whole right. thing. He's really leaning to it. But at the same time, there's kind of the feeling of a sequel. And I know that we're already looking ahead to the third movie next season when he shows up for media day, dresses, I don't know, Cowboy Jimmy or something like that. He's going to embrace his tomball Texas roots. Mark show it down. Up there with, it. Yeah, assless chaps and a cowboy hat or something like that. Who knows with Jimmy Butler at this point. But anyway, I, I think with him, uh, I got to go with Dreadhead Jimmy. Like that was, that was I remember that moment iconic. watching him walk out there. And it was iconic and everybody was just talking about it and, and it kind of set a tone. And the fact that he duplicated this year and generated almost as much buzz speaks to who Jimmy is. But at the same time, I think it really set a tone for the whole last season. And uh, no, he was yeah. fantastic. So you, you got to go it with was, the original. It, it was Brendan Fraser coming out with the prosthetics in the whale. And you're like, I can't believe he looks like this right now. Right. And then giving the performance of a lifetime. And Jimmy Butler, arguably down the stretch of last season, gave the performance of a lifetime. Congratulations to Dreadhead Jimbo for the winner of best hair. <laughs> But who wins the award for best hater? We'll get to that here in a second. But before we get to that award, let's take a moment to remember what we've lost in We'll be right back. <laughs> Not quite the vibe that you're going for with that very intense and serious moment, but you know what? That's okay, because uh, that's that's what the that's what the cookies awards are all about. It's blazing new trails. And speaking of blazing trails, if you're looking for <laughs> a new way to embrace daily fantasy sports, well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is D. Daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And it's just you against the numbers. Instead of going against thousands of other players, pros, sharks, guys that spend all their time trying to figure this out. It's just you versus the numbers. You don't have to worry about it. You make a wager. You pick two. I'm sorry. You pick two to six players against their staff protections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specialist league a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues for example lebron james and travis kelsey a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions you don't even have to worry about taylor swift if you want to play alongside some of the prize picks favorite players like rapper meek mill or comedian andrew schultz you can now find them over at community plays under the promos tabs of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week again it's so easy to use and right now go to prizepicks.com 
slash LockedNBA and use the code LockedNBA and they'll get a first deposit match of up to $100. That's only if you go to pricepix.com slash LockedNBA. Make sure you use that lo- uh, promo code LockedOnNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to Locked On Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. And thanks for listening to the first ever annual Cookies Awards. We've got a few more of these that we want to hand out. Some of the smaller categories after we've already hit the big ones. Um, David, just tell me. I'm going to put up the nominations. Just tell me who you're going to vote for. We don't have to hit each and every single one of, of the cases here. But we're going to start here with most improved. We've got Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Caleb Martin. I'm just going to tell you my guy, as great as Tyler Hero has been, and I love everything that Tyler Hero has done about his game, the way that Duncan has improved his game, it just it stands out because he's evolved. He's more than just gotten better at the things he was already good at. He's gotten better at the things he was already good at. He's shooting a career high from three-point range, but also the two-pointers, the passing, all the things, defensively being able to stay on the floor now. I think it's got to be Duncan Robinson. I agree 100%. Tyler's game has risen to another level, and that's an incredible improvement. Caleb is as well as incremental growth based on that kind of steady athleticism that he's shown throughout his career. Uh, but he's taken to another level, but Duncan doing things that he had never previously done. So he is definitely the Heat's most improved player. So he deserves. Sorry. He deserves. Um, all right. Let's move on to our nominations for best interview on the team. Our four nominees are Duncan Robinson, Orlando Robinson, who was surprisingly good when we talked with him at Media Day, Bam Adebayo, who's always available and very consistent, and Kevin Love, who, when you catch him in a good mood, uh, is might might be the best interview on the team, but he doesn't. He just doesn't do a ton of media generally. So, of our four nominees, David, who wins best interview? Damn Bio gets the award. I mean, I think to him, to me, I think he he should be getting it because he's just the consistency is great there. This is kind of recognizing him for that. Maybe this isn't the award he wants, but it's the award that he gets because he <laughs> is always available and he's always got some nuggets here. He's got some dry humor. If you get him one on one, he's certainly much more open and he's absolutely affable to talk to. But even in a scrum situation, if it's a loss, maybe he's not so open and stuff like that. But he's always a hundred percent. He's always at least forthright and, and, and especially in, in delivering whatever answers they might be shorter than you'd like but certainly he, he's honest about what happened out on the floor and and he always ends it the same way as he has for the last three years and i gotta appreciate that and if you listen he's got you could just tell how smart he is about basketball the basketball iq there's always a nugget in there somewhere if you're really paying attention and he's willing where some you know jim butler doesn't talk after every practice kyle lowry barely ever talks to the media after practices kevin love like i said he's sort of available but sometimes not always available bam out of bio every time he's asked to do something he does it and so he gets points for availability as well so congratulations to bam out of bio for best interview on the team speaking of interviews our nominees for best spoism <laughs> i love this i love this category we have the the infamous untrained eye <laughs> as he rubs his temple here uh, in Denver, uh, responding to the, the question that we talked about earlier about Nikola Jokic, whether you had to make him a passer or a scorer. We have the ever always ignitable line that uh, that's Eric Spolster liked to use last year when his team was very much not igniting. 
he continued to press the case that the team was ignitable. And he ended up being right because they ignited in the playoffs. Of course, remember that. And then every time the Heat played a close game at the end, Eric Spolster got accustomed to saying, our fans got their money's worth. So of the three Spoisms that dominated 2023, David, I think this is sort of a runaway category here. I, I, I mean, got your money's worth. That's an insider's joke there because it's something that he started, uh, I think, with Tim Reynolds. or Who knows? It might have been any one of the media members there. But, you know, after a clutch game, he just started saying it, and then he just started saying it, and he kept saying it, and then it just became like, you know what? We've been in so many of these. We kind of had to keep going. Like it was like a rabbit's foot almost and a mm-hmm. superstition that you had to keep going to. But untrained eye, like that made such a buzz and everything. It was like it was like dark spo. Like, you know, he was attacking Ramona Shelburne personally yep. and everything else like that. And even Shelburne didn't really care much about the answer, but everybody made a big deal about it. And it's like, I mean, anybody who's talked to Spo for a minute and been in one of those situations as often as we have is like, no, no, that's that's just who Spo is. He doesn't care. He's just talking. He like he really thinks that we all have untrained eyes when it comes to this. So <laughs> he's perfectly fine using that phrase. That's his go-to. And I think it's it's perfectly symbolic of who he is. You gotta go, oh, the untrained eye. <laughs> Congratulations to Eric Spolster and his untrained eye, or our untrained eye, I suppose. All right, let's move on to our next category. The nominees for best biggest rival, the Celtics, the Nuggets, and the Milwaukee Bucks. David, this one's a little tough, and I don't really know where you're going to go with this. Come on. After my argument for Game 7, like the Bucks, they suck. You know, Bucks fans suck, whatever. I get it. But, you know, Miami's basically had their numbers with the exception of 2020. Uh, you know, the Nuggets, it's hard to be a rival for a team that you only see twice a year. And as much as he tried to end Markeith Morris's life a couple of years ago, Nikola Jokic is still yeah. a very, very good player. And he was a monster against the Heat in the NBA Finals. And there was mutual respect from both fan bases. And you heard, you heard uh, Udonis Haslam and Bam Adebayo, too, talk about Nikola Jokic with nothing but respect on the on their OG's podcast recently. So uh, I'm with you. It's just it, This one was too easy. Uh, it's the Boston Celtics. Congrats on the Celtics. You finally won something. Let's move on. Better to 18, the baby. Better 18. <laughs> the nominees for most impactful injury are Tyler Hero's hand in the first game of the playoffs last year, Jimmy Butler's ankle that he sprained against the Knicks, or Giannis's back injury that sidelined him for a couple of those games uh, against the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. David, what was the most impactful injury of 2023? To me, it's the what if, because we already saw what the Heat were able to accomplish, even despite Tyler's loss. And Giannis, well, who knows how severe that injury was. He came back. They actually won the game where he was out. So, I, you know, I, I've always said that Milwaukee plays a little bit more dangerously when Giannis is out. So I'm not looking at that one. To me, it's Jimmy. Like, if he had been able mm. to stay healthy, if not for Josh Hart, who knows if he would have been able to have that other level that he had shown in the previous series, if he had been able to continue that throughout the playoffs maybe they would have closed out maybe they would have swept boston we wouldn't have to have you know dealt with the 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 pressures of a game seven situation or who knows what would have happened in the nba finals if he had just been able to take it to another level unfortunately it's the biggest what if of last year's postseason run and that's why it gets the cookies award it just feels like the the injury everybody's still talking about is the hand injury nobody talks about the ankle injury so do you get talk about points in that because I feel like that happens like in the Academy Awards too. Like, oh, everybody, everybody's buzzing about this movie. Like everybody was still buzzing in uh, about the, the Tyler Hero hand injury. And I think it is a big what if. What if the Heat have Tyler Hero 
for that the the playoff stretch. Maybe they don't struggle as much as they do with the Celtics because they have a shot maker for those couple of games where they couldn't make a shot. Maybe they're able to take another game off of the Denver Nuggets when they really needed a half-court shot maker in the NBA Finals. Ultimately, I don't know that any of the injuries impacted Miami's run all that much. I don't think that the Heat had what it what it took to beat the Nuggets, even with a healthy Jimmy Butler. And I don't know that Tyler Hero makes enough of a difference where they're, where they're able to beat the Nuggets last year. I just thought the Nuggets were that good. That's not even being dismissive of Butler or Tyler Hero or anybody on the Miami Heat. Right. But um, if you want to go with Jimmy Butler, I'm okay with that. But uh, it might be one of those awards where we look back, you know, a few cookies awards from now and be like, that was really weird that the hand injury didn't get that because we're still sort of buzzing about it. But unless I've convinced you, if you really want to go with the Jimmy Butler award, Jimmy Butler's ankle, we'll stick with it. Yeah. I think it's a bigger what if. It's a a bigger question mark. Yeah, to me. Congratulations to Jimmy Butler. So how many awards is that now for Jimmy? He's Jimmy Butler. He could get all the awards. He's sweeping, man. He's not showing up for any of them. He doesn't care. Like We're going to see one in a a garage sale somewhere, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He still doesn't know where his final trophy is. Our final (laughs) award. Goes to the biggest hater oh. of 2023. And our nominees are Paul Pierce, Portland fans, and ESPN's BPI. Of course, we all remember ESPN's BPI. The Heat have no chance in the playoffs. Even when the Heat were up 3 uh, nothing over the Boston Celtics, they still gave the Celtics a 31% chance of coming back and winning that series. Um, hard to say that they were wrong, considering that they did come back and forced the Game 7, but... We've got that. We obviously have everything of the summer from Portland fans. And then we have Jeff, we have Paul Pierce, who would be a nominee for this award every year, basically, uh, had we done it prior in prior seasons and probably will be nominated for future Cookie Awards. Who wins the award, David, for biggest hater of 2023? BPI kind of feels like one of those people that has like, you know, 10 minutes on screen and they absolutely chew the scenery. It's like it's such a memorable performance. But at the same time, it just doesn't feel that's more of like a supporting role kind of thing. So I don't think it's necessarily cookie award worthy. Uh, and, and Portland fans, I've already largely forgotten that they even exist. They've got their own problems to deal with. You know, that's a knock. I love the Pacific Northwest, but you know, the Blazers fans, they they have plenty of crow to keep them warm over their cold, wet and you know, winter nights. So to me, it's Paul Pierce. Like he's just such a, a again, this is like a lifetime achievement award, but he keeps coming <laughs> with hit after hit. And it's all worth it for for you know people tossing headbands back him and people telling him they don't love you like that. I mean, I, Draymond Green will always have a special place in my heart for saying that to Paul Pierce <laughs> because that's just the reality. You know, they don't love you like that, and they never will. They certainly don't love you here in South Florida, and that's why you get this year's Cookie Award for the biggest hater. Congratulations, Paul Pierce! You are absolutely the biggest hater. Keep the content coming, dude. <laughs> and that's it for the first annual. Cookie Awards, thank you to all the nominees. Thank you to everybody who showed up to watch the awards. Uh, We very much appreciate it. We will do it again this time next year. uh, And we can't wait to see what nominees happen in 2024. I want to do it. That was fun. Um, All right. Uh, That'll do it, though, for today's episode of Lockdown Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.